So do we have any clue on who the contenders are, who the pretenders are at all at this point? I think we had a pretty good idea last week. And now it's back to, I have no clue on any of this. No, I think it's kind of now we're back to, all right, I guess we'll just pick one out of the hat and call it a day. I mean, I still think like there's a group of like seven Super Bowl contenders. And I mean, I think that it's, you know, out of the, maybe even fewer than that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, after this last week, man, I have no clue about anything when it comes to football anymore. Um, well, with that, welcome to week 10 of LR Weekly. Uh, I, I want to say probably one of our more uh, content-packed episodes. Uh, our, our show notes for today are lengthy. So we, we're going to try to move uh, through this as quickly as possible. Um, but like, like, like I texted you, um, I have to start this week out with something that's not football. It is football, but it's not football. And it surrounds my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. So, as you can imagine, all this week, Christian, I've been getting... So, what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers thing? My answer is, I can't wait till he can play football again. And I get a lot of funny looks. Because what people want me to talk about is his immunized, not immunized, ivermectin, Joe Rogan stuff. It's what everyone's talking about. Had some people today, well, you know, he's let down all those kids who who idolize him and this, that, and the other thing. Shut up. Here's what I've learned being a sports fan. If you look to idolize these people for anything other than how they play their sport, you are simply setting yourself up to be let down. Think about our growing up. If you were in Chicago in the 90s, who did you idolize? Michael Jordan. Degenerate gambler, drunk, cheated on his wife. Not necessarily a great human being. On my side of town, Frank Thomas, not much better. Then you and I grew up loving golf. Well, growing up when we did, who did we idolize on the golf course? Weiger Tuds. <laughs> Tiger Woods. We grew up wearing red to the golf course with the black pants and the club twirl. Screaming, get in the hole after we hit a ball 75 feet in front of us. That's what we did. Only to have our senior year of high school happen. And every facade that was set up on who Tiger Woods was came crumbling down. Brett Favre. Same way. Here's the thing that people need to come to grips with. These athletes are not who you think they are. You think you know someone by watching them three hours a week. And then when I say that people, oh, well, you know, what about, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what field you want to idolize someone in. 
There are great musicians who are detestable human beings that on their surface can donate to charity, can do this, can do that, but are detestable on the outside. If you want to idolize them for their musical ability, for their athletic ability, I have zero problem with that. But now as a parent, and if you are a parent, you allow your kids to idolize anything more than their athletic ability. You are only setting them up for failure and to be let down. Do I like what Aaron Rodgers has done over the last week and a half? No. I think he's talking out the side of his head. But at the end of the day, why am I a fan of Aaron Rodgers? Because he's a good quarterback. And what bothers me just a little bit. Sure, Aaron Rodgers is a high-profile athlete. I would probably tend to say probably one of the top 20 profile athletes maybe on planet Earth right now. But you would think that Aaron Rodgers was the one who killed a woman the last two weeks with what he's getting. And that's just not right. Henry Ruggs... Kill the woman. But yet, what does every talk show lead off with this week? Can you believe how bad a person Aaron Rodgers is? What Aaron said on Pat McAfee last week has a little bit of truth to it. That that woke mob was going to go after him. And they did. Because right now, for some reason, lying about your vaccination status is seemingly worse than killing people. Folks, if that's where you're at, stop watching CNN, stop watching the news, and realize, yeah, he told a lie. That's bad. He shouldn't have done it. But at the end of the day, what this boils down to is that he holds an opinion that a lot of people don't like and a lot of people don't have. Get over it. Stop being a child. He's a quarterback of my favorite football team. When he comes back either this week or next week, you bet I'm going to be supporting him, tweeting 12 to 18, 12 to 17. No problems at all. He's a quarterback. Let him quarterback. Leave everything else to the side. I've said my piece. Let's get on with the show. All right. Sounds good to me. I'm ready for it all to be over, to be honest. I'm tired of listening about it. And uh, Like, I just, I don't care about COVID anymore. I get that it's still there. That's fine. I literally deal with it every single day in my job. Yep. I'm not saying, and just like Aaron said, he's like, I'm not saying this isn't real. I'm not saying that I'm some flat earth anti-vaxxer he's saying i made this decision for me if you cannot respect someone's personal decision get out i don't want to talk to you yep just being perfectly honest about the whole thing yep all right let's talk football yes sir uh uh, dallas how about them cowboys Uh, we we're just checking to see if you still them boys i mean 407 yards given up to the denver broncos Mind you, the Broncos, who struggled to beat the football team the week before, went in. This was really never even a game, really. No. And this was the full-strength Cowboys. This isn't, you know, the Cooper Rush-led team who beat the Vikings. We're going to get to you, Purple People Eaters. We're going to get to you. Why, Christian? Because nobody likes the Vikings. Amen, brother. Um, all of Dallas's points were scored in the fourth t- fourth quarter so when you say it really wasn't a game it was not a game it was 19 to nothing at the end of the third quarter the game was virtually over and the thing that i look at with this is okay so i don't think that there's any question that dallas is going to win the division because the rest of that division is just awful yeah 
The Eagles. Boom. The Giants. Terrible. And then the football team. Not great. So they're going to win that division. However, where are they going to finish in this seeding race? Is right. Now, which really for the NFC, that's what you're looking at now. Because really, besides the South, and I mean, with what happened in New Orleans on Sunday, that's probably looking like that one's decided too. Really, the only division that's questionable at this point in the NFC is the West. Yeah. And so, I, Dallas, I, are you comfortable saying that because before this week it was Dallas is a Super Bowl contender? I'm no longer comfortable saying that. No, and I wouldn't even – I think that the struggles on both sides of the football when you get Dak back is something that now is going to cause you problems. Because if you have Dak – now, granted, we don't know what kind of health status he really truly is. Uh, but to me, when you have Dak and you have Zeke and you have Cooper and you have um, CeeDee Lamb – like. The you got to put up points. Yeah, you got to you got to be able to blow up the scoreboard. Especially this is the thing. This game was played in Jerry World. Right. What? It's not like they had to go on the road to da- to Denver, high altitude in the middle of a blizzard. Right. No, this game was played at home in the comfort of Jerry World and you just got the doors blowed off, you, you know. So, to me, this is a this could be a game that we look back on and be like, you know, Dallas needed this. Or this could be the game that turns Dallas' season into what a dumpster fire. And well, because now they gotta go and they gotta play Atlanta. And and here's the thing about Atlanta, they're now squarely in the playoff picture. Right. With their win at New Orleans. Right. And I think this is now a must win game for Dallas, and it's a gotta have it game for for Atlanta to stay in the playoff hunt. And I mean the playoff hunt in the NFC is kind of just for that uh Fifth or sixth and seventh spot, it's like it's almost like who doesn't ooh, want it a little less, right? Like, it's unbelievable at this point. Yeah. Speaking of unbelievable, uh, the New England Patriots are a half game out of first place. Yep. I mean Buffalo. Bill is back in it again, and here's the thing: you can't take away the. Here's the one thing that blows me away about this Patriots team. They're 4-0 on the road, and they're 1-4 at home. That is completely unlike any Patriots team. That makes team no sense. Ever. And when you, if I would tell you, okay, the Patriots are 1-4 at home, you're thinking, okay, they're you know, last place in the division. No, this is a team that is now just a half game back of the Buffalo Bills. And now, all of a sudden, the AFC East that we thought the Bills had on lockdown is officially no longer on lockdown. And I think when you look at this Buffalo team, one of the things that really concerns me about them is, so you look at week 11, weeks 11 through 17, five of those games that they have to play are against current playoff teams. So now all of a sudden you're sitting in a position here where Buffalo has struggled against some of these better teams. Right. They've struggled. We saw them struggle against the Titans. And we were sitting here thinking, oh, okay, it's a blip on the radar. They'll be fine. I, mm, I'm no longer thinking that it was just a blip on the radar. I mean, to only put up six points against a bad Jacksonville team. Right. Jacksonville's bad. And then your offense can come out 
and they can only put up six points against Jacksonville's defense. Yeah, so this is... you you have the Jets and you have the Colts weeks ten and eleven. Then you go Saints, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots, Falcons. Like I they they they're a half game up with two games still to play against the Patriots. They got to play the Saints and they got to play the Bucks. Yeah. That that's not easy for them. No, but it's nice that you got two games against the Jets. It's nice now um we just had uh breaking news right before we started this podcast about Sam Darnold Sammy, that is yep. now basically they think his season's over. So now the Panthers lose their starting quarterback. Um, that kills them. So now you get a banged-up Panthers team near the end of the season. So, I mean, for Buffalo, this is no longer a, a situation where you could be like, well, we can win a couple more games, put it in neutral, and, and, coast. and coast to the division no. championship. You're going to have to – it's probably going to come down to that game after Christmas against the Patriots where you play them in Foxborough. I mean, that's going to be a huge, huge game with playoff implica- implications. So so I, I want to go back and just look at, all right, where have the Bills come from since their loss to the Titans? Because I think that this is a very, very interesting look. So that night against the Titans, you saw the blueprint to beat the Bills. The Titans brought the blueprint to beat the Bills. And what was that blueprint? Control the game. The first half got away from them. Then the Titans slowly controlled that game. So, Titans game, Josh Allen threw for 353 yards. That's pretty good, Bill. I think we'll say, we'll agree that that's fine. Yep. No problem moving on. Since then, Josh Allen has not looked like Josh Allen. So then they had the bye week, week seven. Then you move into week eight. Where you play the Dolphins at home. Okay, only put up 26 points. Again, I'm going to say it, not great. Josh Allen, that week, only 249 yards. Then, you jump forward week nine, last week, against the Jaguars. You only put up six points. And you only throw four 264 yards. Something happened against the Titans. I don't know what it was. Before that Titans game, that Bills team was running a train on people. Yeah, and that's the thing is we had it in our mind that the Bills were kind of the front runner for the AFC. Now the AFC is just a lot of question marks. You really, you think about the AFC and it's just like you really don't know. You don't know about the Chiefs still. You don't know about the Raiders. You don't know about the Chargers. You don't know about the Bills. You do, you know you don't know about the Steelers or the Bengals or the Browns. And it's just the AFC right now. There are so many question marks about teams that are competing for a playoff spot. And it's we are now officially halfway through the NFL season. Yeah, crazy to think, but again, halfway through. So many question marks continue. To come up every single week. And I think one of the things that concerns me about the Bills. So Josh Allen's throwing 47 times. And he's their leading rusher. If you take Josh Allen off of that Buffalo team on Sunday. They only had 22 yards rushing. 
Yeah. And you then, can't win in the NFL that way. No. And so now there's just so many question marks on a team that at the beginning of the year, everyone was kind of like, okay, it's either going to be the Bills or it's going to be the Chiefs. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't think it's going to be either one. Yeah. Unless something drastically changes. It's not a done deal that the Bills are even going to win the division. No. At this point. Which if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have thought you were crazy. Now, you move over to the AFC North. I mean, okay, people at this point, it's Baltimore's division to lose. Yeah. And I mean, I think, again, like you hate to make all these like grand assertions and this, that, and the other thing, but who's going to challenge at this point. Yeah, and I think um, their win on Sunday uh, was a gutsy win at home that you that kind of solidified themselves as the leaders in the AFC North. Um, I think Lamar has finally the, answered the question that he can throw the football. Um, he's able to use his legs. He is a very difficult quarterback to stop in the NFL. And now, you know... Yes, the AFC North is a very compact division right now. When you have the Ravens, you have the Steelers, you have the Browns, and you have the Bengals, literally no more than a game and a half out of each. Like, it's crazy to think that every single one of those teams in that division is above 500. This is by far the best division in football. Am I right? It's got to be. Yes. Top to bottom best division in football and now you look at the home stretch for the AFC North and this becomes very interesting for the second half of the season um I'm very excited to see what comes of this division sorry I've just been ignoring you because uh breaking news just came out Green Bay Packers find three hundred thousand dollars and Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard find $14,650 for breaking protocol. Okay, so what is that at night out for Aaron Rodgers? Anyways, yeah, right. I, getting back to this AFC North. My th- when you look at this AFC North, the, the issue that I have is the inconsistency of the other teams. Because for three quarters, the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night looked unbelievable. And then the fourth quarter happened. Two weeks ago, the Bengals looked unbelievable. And then last week happened. And so you sit here, and the only team that has proven consistent at all in that division is Baltimore. Yep. And so I think that that probably plays says more to the fact that they've been there. So, again, though, it's a game. That's all there is separating these teams. Yep. And now we get to the mess that is the AFC West. Yeah. Where (laughs) every single team in that division is within one game. Yeah, half game. Chargers, Raiders, 5-3. Chiefs, Broncos, 5-4. So... Again, it's just because of the uh, the bye tar- weeks, bye weeks and stuff. But unre- like, I think the AFC North is the best division, top to bottom. And I think the reason why the AFC West isn't is because of the Broncos. Um, even though they had a big win on Sunday against the the boys, but 
I mean, really, I don't know who's going to win this division. I really, really, truly don't. I think if you look at it, especially when you look at their schedules, I think you have to give a little edge to the Chargers. Just because they close out, four out of their last five are at home, and their only road game is at Houston. Yeah. That helps. Yep. Whereas you look at someone like the Broncos, where they got to finish at Vegas, at the Chargers, and against the Chiefs. Where you, Or you look at the Chiefs, who have to go four out of their last five on the road, at the Raiders, at the Chargers, Steelers, at the Bengals, at the Broncos. Yeah. That's not easy travel either. I mean, you're, you're looking lots of travel there. Yep. I, this division is just I I can't make sense of it. No. The only thing that I honestly think that I can say about this division is I don't think the Chiefs are going to win the division. Uh-uh. Because yes, they got to they they beat the Packers. And we'll get to that game in our round table. They didn't look good at all. No. And I think when you look at the Chargers, beat the Eagles, and you look I don't see too many losses in those games that are left. No. They're going to beat the Vikings. I don't see how the Steelers can keep up with the Chargers. The The Broncos are a mystery bag. The Bengals, it depends upon what Bengals team shows up. Right. Because if the Bengals team from this week shows up, the Chargers are going to beat them. Yep. The Giants are a dumpster fire. The Chiefs, again, like we just said... So, I don't know. I mean, if you are going to hold my feet to the fire right now, I'm saying when you look at their schedule, you got to give the edge to the Chargers. Yeah, and I think the Chargers are, like, together, probably the the best team on both sides of the ball, how they're playing right now. I think the Chargers are playing the best of any of these four teams. I think offensively, um, you know, yeah, the Chiefs have a lot of weapons, but they've yet to put it together. The Chargers have been able to put it together. So I'm I'm with you. I agree. I think the Chargers win this division if we were picking right now who who we like to finish the season as winners of this division. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Speaking of how it plays out, um we both came on this podcast and said, ah man, without Derrick Henry. I mean, we think that the Titans are in trouble. <laughs> I think the Titans are just fine. I mean... Now, I mean, what they did on Sunday night to the Rams shocked the entire country. Not a single person, besides Mike Tirico, on the pregame show, picked the, the Titans. Everyone picked was on the Rams. Everyone was like, yep, Rams... Easy, 81%. I think it was 81% of America said Rams. And the 20% was probably in Nashville. Right. I he, And the thing that gets me was, it wasn't even a game. No, and, and, and the other thing was, we said it had to be Tannehill. Tannehill had, didn't really have to do much. He was given short fields By because defense. the defense. They were flying around. They were making plays, and they were making it difficult for the... If you ask me right now, the best offense in football, it's the Rams. And they shut them down. 
And so now the thing is, and we talked about this a little bit last week, about, okay, the the AFC South playoff picture. Okay, so uh, this division, folks, is over. It's just over. This was the only game that was left on the Titans' schedule where you look at the Titans as the real underdogs. Yep. Saints, I'm taking the Titans. Texans, Titans. Patriots, Titans. Jaguars, Titans. Steelers, Titans. Niners, Titans. Dolphins, Titans. Texans, Titans. Where are their losses coming from on that schedule? Yeah, they're not. They're not coming. And I think even if they slip up two or three games, it honestly it doesn't even matter. You know, they hold the tiebreaker against the Colts. The Colts are the only team in that division that could compete with them now. It is now the Colts have to win out and the Titans have to lose four games. And I don't see it. I don't see four losses there. You look at this four-week stretch. Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams. If you're a Titan fan, you would have taken two and two. You probably would have been mediocrely okay with one and three. Instead, you're four and oh. Yep. I mean, how can you not say that as of right now, they are the favorite to come out of the AFC? Yeah. I mean, I and I get for me having, you know, followed the Titans since I was since they became a franchise. I mean, I had an old Tennessee Oilers hoodie. Right. So I it's wild for me to say that like, yep, the Titans are probably the best team in the AFC. But again, you look at this you look at this conference. I, they are the best team in the AFC right now. Yep. The only other team who I would say might even sneak up to their pedestal would be the Raiders. Right. Everyone else, there's a little bit of a gap. Yep. And but it's a little gap. But here's what I will say: that gap is getting wider every week. Yeah, and especially if somehow, some way, they're able to get. Henry back when they come to the playoffs, they are going to be a force in those playoffs. Because the thing is, I again I look at their schedule one, maybe two losses the rest of the way. Maybe. Right. So I think it worse you're 14 and four. Yep. Or not 14 and three. 14 and three, yeah. 13 and five. I you know I, they're good, man. Yep. And I think it's just time that the football world accept we are the Titans, mighty, mighty Titans. Who? Ha. I feel. Who? Ha. I feel good. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> I, I know. Cindy's going to text me. Like, you talked about the Titans? I know, man. Like, I, I have to say, they're good. Yep. I mean, they are they're good. just, they, they're unbelievably good. Yep. So, like you mentioned, Christian. As Bon Jovi so eloquently put, we're halfway there. Whoa! Living on a prayer. Do you think people come on the, sh- the podcast and just are like, I can't wait for them to sing. Dude, see, what are they going to sing this week? So what we're going to do, we're going to do our division picks halfway through. Okay. For each division, the beautiful game of football. Okay. We're going to start with the AFC East, and we're going to make our way through. While questionable, I still think until the Patriots can prove that they're 
legitimate contenders, I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, I'm also taking the Bills just based on the preference that New England is 1-4 and four at home. That's one of the things that, to me, if you can't win at home, you can't take care of business at home, it's at some point going to come back and bite you. So for that reason, I'm also going to pick the Bills to win the East. Former English teacher here. Uh, big fan of the Edgar Allan Poe poem, The Raven. Nevermore. Nevermore. Who's that the knocking Raven. at my chamber door? Tis a visitor, I muttered, rapping at my chamber door. Nevermore. Only this and nothing more. Now we're quoting like 19th century poetry. Like this podcast is now on a different level. Yes, it is. 100%. This, I, I'm taking the Ravens and they have seen North. Yeah. Um, I'm also taking the Ravens. Um, I, I think Lamar is by far the best quarterback in this division. I think the Ravens are playing the best football right now. Um, the Browns beating up on the Bengals this weekend made it a little bit easier for me to say that. Um, Cause if, if the Bengals win, I might take the Bengals to win this division. But yeah. that was a bad again, performance. It comes back to that consistency issue. Yep. That the Bengals look great the week before, not so great the yep. next week. Uh, AFC West. <laughs> this is one where, I mean, I honestly think like you could take one of three teams, and I mean, I think you would have a pretty decent shot. Um, I think you have to stay. Well, that's the NFC West that, that you. No, I also I, but did, um, yeah, and I I said my surprise team of the year was going yes. to be the Chargers. Correct. So that's why I'm picking the Chargers. Picking I, the Chargers. Yeah, I am. I'm picking the Chargers. Um, originally during the season, I said that the Chiefs, um, were going to win this division. We both said that before or till someone proves us otherwise. Well, people are proving us otherwise. So. Um, I'm taking the Chargers to win this division. The Raiders. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. NFC East, I, th- this is just... Them boys. The Cowboys. Yeah. We could probably do the same thing for the North. It's the Packers. Packers. The South might get a little interesting. No, it won't. Bucks. I think Saints... Now without Jameis, Correct. I think it's that, it's, it's yes. going to be very difficult That's... for them to maintain any sort of consistency on the offensive side. I think the Bucks are just too good, and for that reason, it's it's the goat, and I'm going with the goat. NFC West. I got to stick with my my Cardinals pick. I mean, I know Kyler's banged up, but even with without Kyler last week, they look pretty good. They look good. Without and even without Hopkins, so if you're able to do that and you're able to rest Kyler for a couple weeks, I think you're in good shape. The Rams tripped up against a team that everybody thought they would take care of business at home, they did not. So I'm sticking with the Cardinals, the former greatest show on turf. I will take the LA Rams. I, I just think that they have a little pedigree there. And uh, I think that that's going to help them down the road. So you texted me earlier today. Uh huh. And you said that you are going to have a rant for the ages. Yeah, a rant. It's kind of like the Masters. It's going to be a rant unlike any <laughs> other. You know. So um. here's here's what I I want to say. My piece about the Bears game. Actually, no. 
No, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't want to sway the rant. Okay. Let's. Okay. That I appreciate that. All right. Um. So here's. Mind our, you, keep in mind. My daughter is asleep. It's a family podcast. It's a family podcast. I, I, I agree with that. So, um, so obviously this is the rivalry roundtable. Everyone, take a seat, grab a bucket of popcorn, kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. The Chicago Bears were robbed on Monday night. I don't care. I now I'm just going to tell everyone listening to this podcast. One of the least favorite things I like to hear is the refs lost us the game. Because that's never true. It's not true. At some point during the game, you could have done something to help you win the game. The refs cannot be that bad to cost you a game. Well, I was wrong. The refs were that bad. They were atrocious. Okay? So... Let me just take you down the line. Number one, the Bears get down the field, get down to the goal line, throw back corner end zone pass to Jimmy Graham, which would have been $145 for me for a Bears first touchdown score. I bet $5 Jimmy Graham every week for a first touchdown score. How's that working out for you? Not very good. It was looking <laughs> really good until they say, okay, 15-yard penalty for a blo- uh, a chop block. They show the roll re- block. Roll the block. Roll block. They show the replay, and he doesn't even touch anyone. And they say, oh, well, it was the intent. Um, Excuse me? An intent? So if you go around and you say, oh, well, that guy was intending to hold that guy, I'm going to throw a flag because, you know, he was intending to hold him. Get That's garbage. That cost the Bears four points right there because they end up kicking a field goal. Four points. Then there was a pass interference call on the Bears. Jalen Johnson didn't even touch the guy. Was not even touched. His arm, it was because he didn't locate the ball, but he did not touch the receiver. Flag gets him down the field. They end up scoring a field goal. There's now seven points the refs have given the Steelers. And then, Tony Carrenti, as Pat McAfee said today, a clown. Tony Carrenti is a clown. You ready for this, Josh? You might have to explain to our viewers what is happening. Okay? So, Tony Carrenti is about ready. He's watching this play happen, right? So, for those of you that don't know, Cassius Marsh was a guy that the Bears got off of Pittsburgh. He was on Pittsburgh. Okay? He now comes to Chicago and he sacks Ben Roethlisberger. All he does is he stands there and he looks like this at the sideline. Turns around and starts to run off the field. Christian standing up right now. I'm standing up right now. Tony Carrenti has the nerve to stare him down, make 
contact with him He's and throw over. a flag. He th- he brought Christian brought a flag. He threw the flag like Josh, like this, and stared at Cassius Marsh. Talk about just taunting. taunting. He's taunting Cassius Marsh. Fifteen yard penalty. Pittsburgh goes down and scores. Josh, I'm not a mathematician, but that's a lot of points on fouls that were not fouls. Period. They were not fouls. Yes, I brought a flag with me. Because guess what? So many of those were thrown yesterday, I just happened to find one on my way to work. That's how many flags were thrown yesterday. So... At the end of the day, the Bears got hosed. Now, were there parts in the game where the they the they just it, it, it was just awful when they're lining up offsides and lining up offsides? There's nothing you could say about that, right? No, nothing you could say. You're lining up offsides. You're imploding. Who's that on, Josh? Matt Nagy. That's the coaching staff. This is a coaching staff that does not have a grip on their team. This loss is on Matt Nagy, period. When you can't get your players to line up on sides, yes, you don't have Akeem Hicks for the rest of the game in the second half. Yes, you don't have Khalil Mack. That hurts. I don't think that happens with those two on the field. It was abysmal. Those last that last possession where Steelers went down and scored, abysmal. It, the Bears were robbed. Period. I don't care what anyone says. I hate that. Sit, trying to blame it on a ref, but Tony Carrenti and his crew are a conglomerate of clowns. They should be. There should be some sort of punishment. There has to be some sort of accountability as an NFL ref when you are that bad at your job. How in the world can you not suffer some sort of fine, punishment, suspension? Something has to happen. And for Carrenti to make contact with a player, if a player made contact with a ref, what happens, Josh? Uh, he's ejected, fined, and suspended. So what happens when a ref initiates the contact? Because I, you look at the film. You watch it. He initiated the contact so that it looked like it was okay for him to throw that flag. It was not okay for him to throw that flag. The NFL is getting soft. It's ridiculous. And it's going to cost a team a playoff spot. And when it costs a team a playoff spot, then people are going to talk. Not too many of you are going to talk about the three and six Bears. But it, when it costs a team a playoff spot, that is when it's going to hit the fan. Now, there's my rant about the refs and the absolute clown show known as NFL officiating. Josh, <laughs> Justin Fields is that guy. He's okay. He is that guy. The throws he was making, the decisions he was making, the way the ball was getting pushed down the field was unlike anything Bears fans has seen in a very, very long time. I think that's great coaching, and I think Matt Nagy needs to stick around. Yeah, uh-huh, funny. It's, that's not going to happen. But here's the thing, Josh. We got our guy. Chris Collinsworth tweeted. So, 
Pro Football Focus came out with their rankings of quarterbacks in Week Nine. Who's the who's who's number one? Justin Fields. Who's number thirty-two? Jordan Love. It's fine. You told me last week, love is all you need. We'll get to the Packers. Focus when, on you. When the ball is on they the both field, lost. they both lost. The ball is on the fields, Josh. It's jo- It's it's Justin Fields' Bears. He the for once, Josh. We have a QB. This guy, I don't. I, I get it. The Bears aren't going to make anything this year. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. They're not. Maybe not even going to make the playoffs. I say maybe because there's still a slim glimmer of hope. But I'm not going to hold my breath because of the back half of their schedule is difficult. However. Chris Collinsworth tweeted, Justin Fields with PFF's highest-rated quarterback in Week 9. Chicago's got their QB1. The Bears have their guy. We have a quarterback. If we can get some coaching around him, we get a couple more weapons on the offensive side, which we have some weapons. We're going to lose Allen Robinson. That's To me, after seeing it this year, not a big deal. We get another top-tier wide receiver somewhere, somehow. And we add to that defensive side of the ball. The Bears are going to be a force. And I looked at their 2022 schedule today, Josh. The Bears are going to be a force next year. This is going to be a... 2022 is going to be a fun football season for the Bears. This year, it was about growth in the quarterback position. The growth of Justin Fields... From when he played Tampa Bay to now is night and day. Last night against a very good Steelers defense, he lit them up in the second half. He had their way, he had his way with them. Justin Fields, boys and girls, is that guy. Chicago fans, we have our guy. Justin Fields was the best quarterback in our draft this year. He's the best quarterback. He is the best option out there, and we got him at 11. We got a gift, and now we got to use our gift for years to come and make the North orange and blue again. It's very similar to what Trubisky used to put up. Those numbers were very similar to like 2018 Trubisky. I will give you that. Very similar. Where my concern comes in with Fields is there has only been one dual threat quarterback that past year three or year four people have not figured out. And that's Lamar. I People still haven't figured out Lamar. Will people figure out Justin Fields? That's the only thing that remains to be seen. Because here's the thing. You have to get a coach in there that understands that Justin Fields is a better quarterback outside of the pocket than he is inside of the pocket. Oh, yeah. Because both of those touchdown throws to Jimmy Graham outside of the pocket. Several of those deep balls outside the pocket. He is not... A pocket passer, which I think you look at that, 
he does not fit in Nagy's system that way. If does Nagy even have a system? I think his system. I think at one point we saw it was like a Denny's menu, <laughs> like it was a laminated Denny's menu. Like you know, it, I, so I think what you honestly need is I think you got to get a play caller in there whose imagination runs wild. Like that's honestly what you need. You need a guy. Justin Fields is the Pablo Sanchez of the Chicago Bears right now. For those of you who don't understand the reference, the backyard baseball, backyard football game, Pablo Sanchez was the secret weapon. Good at everything you need him to be good at. You have to put Justin Fields in situations where he is just as lethal with his legs as with his arms. And the perfect example of this was when the bear, the Bears started running some layer routes. And I think that's going to be a key for the Bears is getting wide receivers who can run layer routes. So here's what I mean by layer routes for those of you who might not know. When you have one guy who's maybe running like a five or six yard slant, then you have another guy who's 10 to 15 yards running that because what you force the defense to do then is make commitment to either stopping fields taking off from running stopping that second layer, and then stopping that third layer. You make people make those decisions. When the Bears made the Steelers make those decisions, it was a guaranteed five or six yard rush for fields, or it was a guaranteed seven or eight yard completion, or like what we saw, a 20 yard pass play to Graham in the back of the end zone. They have to get a play caller in there who that is the majority of their offense. And I don't know if that's Bill Lazor. And I think what you also have to look at is the idea that with the officiating struggles, with the idea that they fumbled the kickoff and gave the Steelers back another possession, the the self-imploding has to stop. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Bears didn't get hosed on some calls. They did. I think the whole world knows it. But I want to give a little silver lining to Bears fans. You don't want to win. Why would you want to win? Because you admitted yourself, you're not going to the Super Bowl. You don't have a chance of going to the Super Bowl. The brightest days for the Bears are not 2021. So why would you want to win? I get this whole idea of, oh, well, instill confidence. Please tell me how Justin Fields ain't walking around the most confident dude in Chicago right now. Please stop. It has nothing to do with wins and losses. He threw for 300 yards, outplayed everyone on the field, and was the talk of not just Chicago morning talk radio this morning, the country. Yeah. It, the, every, what, what more do you need? And that's what I'm saying is that the Bears finally hit on a guy. So now, because you lose this game, it's all gold. And here's what I mean. If you win that game, you go to what? Four and... Four and five. Four and five. Okay. Why would you want to get in the playoffs just to get waxed by the Cardinals or the Rams? Why would you want to do that? Versus a better draft pick for the future that you're so desperately trying to build. Right. Why would you want to win... Be four and five, and now all of a sudden, Mrs. McCaskey starts thinking, huh, maybe we need to give Matt Nagy some more chances. 
because the second you start floating around that 500 mark, the second you have Justin Fields putting up 300 yards a game, the second that you start winning on prime time and Matt Nagy is that victorious coach that they're interviewing after the game, those wheels are going to start subconsciously turning that, oh, keep around Matt Nagy. No, there's no... I'm telling you right now... I hear what you were saying, but if the Bears finish 8-9... and nine, that those wheels are going to turn. You don't want that. You want that fresh start. Because you get that fresh start, you're one step closer to being an actual contender in the NFC. Right now, the Bears are not a contender for the NFC anytime soon because Matt Nagy is their coach. Because he doesn't have a system to support Justin Fields. It has nothing to do with the players. I'm not saying that they don't have the pieces to be a contender because I think they have the good cornerstone there. Keep losing. As long as Justin Fields keeps progressing, who cares about wins and losses? Right. Keep losing. Because now all of a sudden, if you're saying now you're going to get a top six, top seven, top eight draft pick. Right. To couple with Justin Fields, I would be thrilled with losing if I was a Bears fan. Yes. Let's lose some more. As long as Justin Fields keeps throwing for 300 yards a game, a couple of touchdowns, running, he stays healthy, he shows what you can do, and you can turn this around and show actual implications of when the coaches just melted down and didn't actually coach, that's nothing but gold for the Chicago Bears and their future. It came out perfectly for the Bears last night. I get the whole, oh, well, they got host. Who cares? Let them keep getting hosed. Let them keep getting hosed. Because then when now all of a sudden you're stacking top five draft picks, now you can start being dangerous. Right. Because I think that's been part of the Bears' problem is that they've been stuck in mediocrity. Like, hey, the, the Chicago Bears are the Chicago 8-8s. Eight eight. You don't get good draft picks going 8-8. Eight eight. Right. So now, yeah, struggle for a couple years. You got Justin Fields. Now you can turn around, struggle a little bit more. Now all of a sudden you got young pieces there. You bring in a young coach, let them buy in. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm ecstatic about a loss. And I'm ecstatic about how Justin Fields played. Unfortunately, that's not the way that my my mind and my heart work. Like I, I get it. I the get Bears it. could be in the Lions position and every weekend I'd be wanting them to win. I just it's just the way I work. It's just the way I'm wired. I'm never gonna root for the Bears to lose. Ever. I want him to win. It's just the way. I, but I understand where that perspective comes in. But I'm just, I'm so excited for what the future is to hold for this Bears team. We just, we got to get a new coach. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, uh, Brian DeBole from the Buffalo Bills, their offensive coordinator. It's just a name of someone that I think could be the next, you know, Andy Reid type guy that just changes the perspective of an offense. And I'm very excited. I'm excited for the future of the Bears. I'm excited for what's to come. Justin Fields, man. And here's the thing. For the first time, everyone used to hate watching the Bears because their offense was just so abysmal. But finally, we are fun on the offensive side of the ball to watch again. Yeah. Never going to move the Packers now? Yeah, go ahead. I've never been more confident that a Green Bay Packers team is a Super Bowl contender in my life. Ever. This year? 
Yes. And, and here's my thing, okay? So does this story change if the Packers win that football game? How people feel about Jordan Love? First of all, I think Jordan Love is getting a lot of unfair criticism. That's his first start in the NFL, and he had more yards than Patrick Mahomes. His first start in the NFL, on the road, that stadium was loud right. on Sunday. Unfair expectations. Incredibly unfair expectations. Any other rookie goes in and has what Jordan Love did, people are like, yeah, you know what? It wasn't a great debut, but you know what? We move on. When you have someone making their NFL debut... You can't give away nine points. You want to talk about how the refs gave away points in the Bears game. How about Bojo not being able to turn the laces on a football, costing us two missed field goals? Because I know everyone's like, well, what's wrong with Mason Crosby? Anyone who thinks it's a Mason Crosby problem doesn't know football because they don't understand. Laces left, which way does the ball go, Christian? Left. Ball go left. So that you look at the whole special teams – Two missed field goals and then a muff punt that led to a Kansas City field goal at the end of the half. That That's a six-point swing right there. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you do that nine-point swing. You take three away. You add six. The Packers win the football game. Right. Jordan Love, was he a world star on Sunday? No, he wasn't. Anyone who expected him to, that's incredibly unfair expectations. He has never played or started a regular season game in the NFL. Not once. And you and here's the thing. A lot of this falls on Matt LaFleur's game plan. Because at the beginning of the game, I don't see too much of a different game plan than what you would have for Aaron Rodgers. And you can't have that. It had to be quick passes. Five yards, six yards. Get the ball out. Because that pass rush was unbelievable. And you saw in the second half, when they started to do that, what did the Packers do? The Packers moved the ball. So there's that. The side that I am just over the moon thrilled about is that Packers defense. I mean, the thing is, in that first half, the offense just gave them no help at all. There's no help from the offense in the first half. And the defense kept them in the football game. If you're going to tell me that on back-to-back weeks, you're going to hold the Chiefs and you are going to hold the Cardinals to each 20 points or less, if that's the defense that they're going to have the rest of the way, we're getting Aaron Rodgers back either Sunday or the next week. I mean, that's just how it is. And you're going to combine that offense with that defense... I'm over the moon. And we talked last week. Like I, I really didn't care about the outcome of this Packer game. This was house money that the Packers were playing with. They walked in, got a free $15 bet, put it all on red, whatever. Who cares? Because no one's going to hold this over the Packers. I think they dropped two spaces in the NFL power rankings. They went from one to three. Fair. I think that this might be the best Packer team that I've seen in a long, long time. And I'm thrilled. And I know, like, you're probably saying, like, you lost. Yeah, we lost. Jordan Love didn't look great. 
he looked fine. I mean, do we want to compare him to Justin Fields' first start in the NFL? Jordan Loves was better. I mean, that's the thing. You know, Justin Fields puts up these great stats. He's been the starter for five weeks. Has played substantial time for six. You give Jordan Love six weeks, his timing was off with his wide receivers. His wide receivers were dropping the ball. You give them six weeks, they would be fine. It's one week where he got thrown in. He started practice on Thursday. Maybe Wednesday. He got two days of practice. That's the part that just infuriates me is that people expect him to be Aaron Rodgers. He had two days of practice to prepare for one of the toughest environments in the NFL to make his first start as a quarterback. He did fine. If you thought he was going to go put up 300 yards, your head is so far up your you-know-what that I can't even talk to you. He did fine. The Packers' defense was unbelievable. And I think that what this game proves, at least to me, and I might just be unrealistic, they're a team of destiny. I still believe that. I think that the Green Bay Packers are the favorite to still win the NFC. That's where I'm at. And you will not be able to justify any reason for me as to why they shouldn't be. They've already beaten the Cardinals on the road. No problem. Their defense is better this year than it has been probably since the Super Bowl run. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Because here, here's the fact of the matter. Either this week or next week, Jordan Love doesn't matter. He just doesn't matter. And I get you can talk about the future. I still think that Aaron Rodgers comes back. I still think that. I still think the Packers resign. Because you want to know who's making a huge deal about this COVID stuff? Everyone else. You know who's not making a huge deal about this? The Green Bay Packers. Because Aaron still has his teammates back. His teammates still have his back. He didn't lie to his teammates. His teammates knew where they were. Everything's been 100 in the Packer locker room. Aaron's going to come back. They're probably going to start him with no practice on Sunday. We're going to dime the Seahawks. Then we're moving. Might not lose again the rest of the year. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, you know, there's zero chance that Aaron Rodgers returns. I just I You've don't see it. You've been saying that. There's also so much like dread in you at the thought of it happening that I don't think that you can comprehend that. Aaron Rodgers comes back. Oh, if he does, I'm going to... Because if he does, all that stuff you just said about Justin Fields doesn't matter. Oh, it absolutely does. You're a second-tier team in the NFC North, either way. Well, I I disagree, I think. Because I own you. I still own you. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you Mr. Own You is going to lose to the Bears at home or something. Something's going to happen. I'm am just telling you, some the Bears are gonna have to play spoiler to Mister Onu. That's <laughs> that's that would bulletin, be something, wouldn't it? B- bulletin board material. I mean, um, but I, to me, it's all well and fine. You lose to the Chiefs. It's, there's no reason to panic if you're a Packers fan. 
But what there is to panic about was what you saw out of Jordan Love. I just don't. I, he looked. He had one day of practice. I, I get it. One day of practice. If you, what do you do in the rest of the time? He's practicing. It's not. But like, he's running with the twos and the threes. He's not running with the ones. Yeah, I. There's a difference because you listen. We both coach. You coach baseball. If you take your second string catcher out there, and you ask him to get in sync with a pitcher. After throwing nothing but a bullpen, they don't know how each other works. The thing that makes the Packers offense the Packers offense is the little subtleties between Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers. Those were missing. Those aren't going to show up. He had one day of practice. What did you expect him to do with one day of practice? If you took Justin Fields, put him one day of practice, and asked him to play against that pass rush, he would have thrown seven interceptions. I disagree. I don't I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. He should have been able to carve them up with the weapons. With that, one day of practice. Josh, you gotta understand the weapons at his disposal, Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, you know, those are great offensive weapons against a very, very bad one Chiefs day of practice. defense. Bad. One day of practice. Bad Chiefs defense. What was Justin Fields' first start? Wasn't uh, it week three? Yes. So let's pull up week three stats. For Justin Fields. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Yes, I do. It's against the Browns. Yeah, exactly. Who has a who has one of the best defenses in the AFC compared to it's the Chiefs? It's on the road. It's on the road. I still I just want to look. I want to look. You can't compare apples to oranges. Six of twenty for sixty-eight yards. Here's my thing. Your first start, you cannot make any statements about the future. Based off of someone's first start in the NFL with one day of practice, I, Josh, you're, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm saying that I'm not. I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to be better than Jordan. Well, I think Justin Fields is going to be better than Jordan Love. But what I'm saying is that if you're a Packers fan, you have reasonable doubt right now. You I have don't. A That's reason the thing. To doubt, and a, there's a slim chance of. This might not be our guy. Now, I get it. It was one game. You can't base something off of one game. It's what not I- just that it's one game. If it was one game with a full week of practice, knowing that you're going to start, that's one thing. I understand. He but found out he was going to be the starter probably at like 10 o'clock Wednesday morning. But here's what I'm The only thing that I'm saying is that you were playing against a bad defense. A very, very bad defense that has been giving up a lot of points. I hear you. So that, to me, it's like, all you got to do is throw the ball to Devontae Adams. There were a lot of balls that he just missed. And that's because of the timing. timing. Yeah, and I agree with that. But I'm and just telling So if you have a week plus worth of practice or you have an entire offseason worth of practice, that's one thing. Yeah. He had one practice. Yeah. At the end of the day, I hope horrible things upon the Packers. I don't care what I just I don't I'm not here to argue. All I'm telling you is I think that the Bears hit. I don't think the Packers hit on love. I'm making a bold prediction after one game just like everybody else. I hope Aaron Rodgers comes back and has COVID brain and isn't able to throw the ball well. There you go. Bear down.
And much like Shakira, we're on tonight. You know, our picks don't lie. And boy, last week, Christian, last week, let's talk about this. Uh, I will admit five and nine for me last week. Five and nine. That is the worst Wolf. record of the pick uh, of the whole of us picking this year. Yeah. So, you know. I'm back. You're you're now only five games out. You're only five games out. I'm sitting at 87 and 49. You're 82 and 54. Still very respectable. Yeah. Um. Th- this week it is probably our most knowledgeable pick. I'm gonna say most knowledgeable picker. Uh, and everyone who has been on the show already, I, I mean, you can catch me in the comments. You can leave a one star rating. Like that's fine. Um. So, anyways. Um, joining us this week, he is a legend that that there is no other way to put it over a thousand points scored for the legendary coach, Matt McKay, three sport, all conference athlete, a absolute dynamo. When it comes to the golf course, not just throwing darts, but also with the fits, a man who is after my own heart when it comes to our allegiances with teams, a man who I have literally sat and wept with while watching a 63 and 99 White Sox team Long live 357 and the fifth inning churro. Joining us this week is the one, the only, DeAnt Hill, Dean Hill. How are you, buddy? How's it going, Joshy? Like, I mean, I, that intro that was so great. I feel but like I should have had like all of the lights, like <laughs> uh so. I mean, and you and Christian know each other too. Like, it's not just like that we're just throwing you on here. Like, you have no clue about Christian. You, you and Christian go way back. My only regret from this summer is that the three of us were not on the golf course together. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I remember when Christian got me yelled at by the starter. Oh, at Sandy Pine. Yeah, and I yes. beat you for your birthday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we only got to one time this year. Anyways, Dean, uh, one by everyone. Am I allowed to quote? Barstool now since like he's like oh that's just, that's such a that, okay. oh, that's a well, joke. we gonna say one by everyone knows the rules here. Uh, every game just straight up money line throwing together some parlays. Which hey, evidently if you throw our locks of the week in a parlay, you're gonna hit. You would have already bought yourself a second house. Um, anyway, so looking here at the Thursday night game, uh, Baltimore at Miami. I who. Uh, this line seems very, very small to me. Uh, again, like we talked about earlier, Christian, I think that the Ravens are probably the only reliable team in the AFC North right now. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, I'll take uh, Lamar's birds. Um, I, I think that this is a pretty um, easy game to pick when you're not – you know, this is just straight up. No, uh, no Tua probably for Miami. You're looking into a second straight start. Um, so 
for um oh my goodness i'm having a brain fart somebody help me jacoby Brissett. i got it jacoby Brissett, second straight start for him he's been struggling so give me lamar's birds no i think this uh i think this is a pretty obvious one here like christian said you know Tua may not be playing and jacoby Brissett has no business being on the field so yeah we're going with the birds do we all let's all take a moment to recognize that Jacoby Brissett was a starter in the NFL not too long ago, right? Yeah, Talk about a dumpster bad. fire. This next game entices me. Falcons, who had a great win on the road against New Orleans, and the Cowboys, who had a horrendous game at home. Against the, against the Broncos. I think my heart tells me roll with the birds. Like, right, but no, I can't. There is no way that the Cowboys lay two eggs in a row. No way. If they do, whatever. Give me them boys. I'm taking Dallas as well. Uh, I think this is a big game for uh, Dak and the boys to bounce back. Playing at home, I know last week playing at home didn't really mean much. This week it's going to. I think Matt Ryan makes some mistakes with that Dallas defense. Dallas capitalizes. Give me them boys. Yeah, I think it's hard not to pick Dallas here with the, that offensive firepower that, that they have. And, you know, D- Dak last week was coming back from, from being out for a week, so maybe getting getting re uh, reacquainted with the field and – how everything goes and you know he's been back for a week second week back i think he bounces back and they uh i think they run over the the dirty birds this next game i don't want them to gain another yard you blitz all night if they gain another yard i'm going to take every last one of you out you make sure they remember forever the night they play the Titans. I'm all in on Cindy's Titans. Easy. Easy. Over the Saints. Yeah, and again, I think this is another game where the Titans are only minus three at home against New Orleans, who struggled against Atlanta last week. Again, New Orleans is searching for an answer at quarterback. I don't think Trevor Simeon's the guy. I don't even think Taysom Hill's the guy. I think without Jameis, they struggle. So, for that reason, give me the best team in the AFC. We are the Titans. We are the Titans. Mighty, mighty Titans. Oh, yeah. Woo. Ha. I feel good. Dino. I'm not going to I'm not gonna make any references, but I, I'm also <laughs> going to go with the Titans here. I think they're, uh, they're too well-rounded and – on defense, they look good. Jeffrey Simmons had like three sacks last week. David Long's filling in for Jayon Brown, and he looks good. And uh, I think the Titans are good here. In a game that I think will have to be a front runner for our ship it to London game of the week, uh, Jacksonville and Indy. I yeah, we're not referring to uh, Dean's girlfriend. No, we London. are not. We are not referring to. London. We we are referring to the city across the ocean, London. Uh, this game should just not be played on American soil. 
It's with two game, two teams that have no business even being in the NFL. Oh, um, gosh. Crystal's not going to like that. I don't care. She can get mad at me Saturday. <laughs> and I'll just be like, hey, but I made you all this delicious food. And she'll be fine. So with that being said, give me the, the Colts. I'm taking the Colts as well. Um, Jacksonville, shout out. Jacksonville got their first win on American soil in like 719 days or something ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe it was 419 days. I don't know what it was. But it was a ridiculous number. Uh, They got their win. They're celebrating. Now they go to Indy and they get smacked by Carson Wentz. Give me the Colts. Yeah, you know, that game last week was tough to watch. The the Bills made no adjustments. They just kept trying to chuck it deep and chuck it deep and chuck it deep. And they, Josh Allen and the coaching staff could just – they would just not check it down. They wouldn't do it. And I think that the Colts and Carson Wentz are going to have no problem moving the ball up and down the field on the Jaguars. So I'll take the Colts too. So you, you sitting over here like 719 days, 427 days made me reminded me of a song. And, and I want to see if you know where this song is from either one of you, you guys are not quite as cultured with the fine arts as I am. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to sing the first stanza of this song for you. Okay. And I want to see if you can tell me where this is from. Okay. Dino, you ready? You ready, Dino? Yep. Okay. 525,600 minutes. Office. 525,000 moments. Oh, dear. Is it from Hamilton? No. I don't know. It is not from the office. They sing a song similar. This was Seasons of Love from Rent, the musical. Oh, okay. Christian's never even heard of Rent. Well, that's going to live rent-free in my head now for a while. So, Uh, Cleveland at New England. Uh, Again, if this was a game probably two weeks ago, I think that I have a completely different pick on this one. Uh, However, with all that being said, I'm going to have a hard time picking against the Mac attack the rest of the year. Um, I think that playing in the minor leagues for a year, for, you know, his whole college career, like Mac Jones did, for those of you who don't understand, it's the SEC. It's the best conference in football, which is why they're now ranked number one and two in the new playoff rankings, because there is nothing as good as SEC football. How's your fighting independence going? And we're nine. So yeah, nine. Okay. No, same number as Manti Teo's girlfriend a couple of years ago, right? Anyways, moving oh. on. Uh, I'm going to take Mac Jones and the Evil Empire to strike back. Um, I'm actually going to go with the dog pound here. I'm going Cleveland on the road. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. Um, I'm I'm t- the reason I'm going with Cleveland is because again, as I pointed out earlier, New England's one and four at home. They for some reason have really struggled at home in Foxborough. Cleveland is coming off a huge win, bouncing who day in the Bengals. So for that reason, give me Baker Mayfield and the Brownies. What does uh what does Lee Corso say on a college game day? Not so, not so fast, fast, my friend. Not so fast, Christian. <laughs> We're gonna go with the Patriots over here as well. Love Mac Jones, like like Joshy said, played in the in the minor leagues in the NFL. He's a champion. He's a winner. And that's all he's going to do is win. And 
The Browns may not have Nick Chubb this week. Which is a problem. On the COVID list. That's a problem. Big Uncle C running a train through the NFL right now. Uh, Buffalo and the Jets. Again, like, I have no confidence in Buffalo, but you're playing the Jets. This is a get-right game for Buffalo. And how fortunate for teams in the AFC East that you get a get-right game and you get to play the Jets. Yeah. Give me the Bills. Buy a billion. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also going Bills by a billion. This That was going to be my uh, by a billion. Um, so the Jets just now have no answer at quarterback. I don't know um, who's starting at quarterback this week for the Jets. I know that there's been some injury prob- problems going through that quarterback room. Um and for that reason, I think this is a good get-right game for Josh Allen and Buffalo. So for that reason, nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. You, you stole my thing. That's what I was going to say. Kirk. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Dean. Quite likable. Um, nope, you got to go with the Bills here. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as, as easy as we're making it sound. I think Mike White, I think he's going to play. And I think he's a baller. So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna put points on the board, but not as many as Josh Allen's gonna put up. And the Josh they, Allen that plays for the Bills, not the one that plays for the Jaguars. <laughs> Which Josh Allen, who plays for the Jaguars, go cats. Um, here's the thing that people need to understand. So when Josh Allen was coming out of college, like you and I go like Dean, you and I are hanging out somewhere, and you're like Dude, I'm buying a Josh Allen jersey as soon as I can. And I'm like, what? I'm just, you know, was not quite as in tune at that point. And he's just going about how, yeah, this guy's going to be an absolute star. And, well, as per usual, Dino's right. Um, The Lions, man, what a miserable existence it is to be a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, There's only one other franchise I would be more embarrassed to be a fan of, and we'll we'll get to them in a little bit. I just I don't think that they they have a shot against the Steelers. I think Pittsburgh has some confidence rolling. Granted, probably a little unwarranted confidence. Uh, but if we've seen anything, it's that even the yellow hankies that the uh, officials throw out of their pockets, they're miniature terrible towels at this point. Uh, all calls will go the Steelers' way. Give me the fighting Ben Roethlisberger's. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with the Steelers, especially again. Here they go, Josh. Oh, another flag. Yeah, oh, we got oh, a lot of flags flying Ooh. around. Uh, you know, with Throw a flag on the flag. You know, er- everybody says you know they got the terrible towels in Pittsburgh. Might as well just the refs might as well just throw those on the field when they believe or think that there's a flag. So you might as well uh, Pittsburgh and the refs. I'm going to take the refs in <laughs> Pittsburgh this week. So instead of Benny and the Jets, we're going to write Pittsburgh and the refs. Yeah. Pittsburgh and the refs. Bombs. Yeah, that's just some salt. Salty. That's what Uh, happens when you're a fan of a poverty franchise. Oh, poverty. Yeah, okay. I am going to go with the Steelers as well, but the Lions are going to get one of these teams soon. They're coming out hot. Thanksgiving Uh, Day, the Lions are getting their win. Dan Campbell – I like Dan Campbell. I like that he cares and loves his guys and his team and the game so much. And I think he's rubbing off on his guys, and they're going to get one here soon. Jared Goff just not. Really. 
I'm telling you, Thanksgiving Day. No. The state of Michigan will have something to be thankful for. No. Tampa and the football team, uh, give me the GOAT. Yeah, bah. Give me Tom. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brady in the books. I wish he would decide who he wants to throw the ball to. Like, throw it to Godwin, throw it to Evans, throw it to Brown. Like, let us know which game you're going to choose, which guy. That way I know who to put in my lineups. Right. Even Gronk when when healthy. Right. Carolina and Arizona, uh, again, I think with Darnold Dunn, for the foreseeable future, if not the year, uh, this is just going to get out of hand. Absolutely out of hand. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, and I think it, this game, it really doesn't even matter if Kyler plays or not. Um, I think Arizona showed last week that Colt McCoy is a serviceable backup. When you're under such, you know, great offensive weapons with, you know, last week he didn't even have Hopkins. Um, and Arizona's defense is so good, they're going to create turnovers. And now no Sam Darnold for Carolina. I think that's going to hurt their playoff chances. I think it's going to hurt their season. And I definitely think that it's going to hurt this week. So for that reason, give me the Redbirds. Yeah, I'm going to hit the Cardinals too. Um, Although I think that P.J. Walker might be an upgrade from Sam Darnold, which (laughs) gives me hope for guys like D.J. Moore. Um, You know, McCaffrey's back. He's he's not 100% yet. the Cardinals did lose Chase Edmonds, so they're going to be relying on James Conner. What is James Conner's hair, by the way? Oh, hey, here's the thing: the man scores touchdowns, and I mean, as long as you score touchdowns, your your lettuce can be whatever you want it to be. Unfortunately, it's like, a, it's like a bump in the back of his head. Yeah, yeah, and I just traded him two weeks ago That's... in my fantasy league, so that was that was a great decision by me. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Let me know who else you trade so I can pick him up. Yeah, right. Uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, uh, if you're on this airline, uh, please fasten your seatbelts because it's about to get bumpy. Um, we're going to pass the microphone over to our pilot, Joshua. Uh, Captain Joshua, here you go. Do, do, school. Do, do, what a poverty franchise. You invent new ways to lose every single week. You can't win a game that was handed to you by the Ravens. The Ravens were like, here you go, Minnesota. We don't want to win a football game. You win it. And y'all were like, nah, we'll just take our cold, miserable, no one wants to come here place, and we'll just be miserable. What? Just a joke of a franchise. I mean, are they ever going to win another game? I don't know, because they're not beating the Chargers this week. Boom, boom, skull! Losers, Chargers, easily. franchise every week I, I i just when i see the minnesota game creeping up on the picks i just get more and more excited uh for the rant of the week um that's two for me yeah week. and i'm going with the chargers too i can't pick minnesota i just don't see it this week in la herbert's playing well that offense is starting to get rolling um got a win last week against the eagles granted it's against the eagles but i think minnesota is starting to realize that it's – I think that Mike Zimmer's days are numbered in 
Minnesota. I think that they're going to make a coaching change here pretty quick. Um, I think Minnesota is kind of losing faith in Kirk Cousins. And I think his time is coming to an end in Minnesota as well. I think it's unraveling in Minnesota. I don't think that they're going to be winning this week, especially in L.A. So give me the bolts. You know what's sad? That the Vikings have a plus point differential. And they only have three wins. And they're this bad. Yeah, and I that's unheard of. I'm going with the Bolts. Love Justin Herbert. He's my guy. Christian, can I get a can I get a Mr. Herbert? Mm, this is uh this is LA Charters, and I'm Mr. Herbert. I live across the street from the Griffins, and I think this game's gonna be real nice. I like that. I appreciate that. I'm You're welcome. Free in my head now. <laughs> Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Uh, give me the Eagles. Ooh. Um, I'm rolling with Denver after their week last week against the boys. Um, I think this is a, will be a big game for them at home. Again, Denver's still in the playoff hunt. And I think playing at home after your big win in Dallas, I think Bridgewater's starting to heat up. I think Denver's defense is starting to fly around. Fangio's a great defensive mind. He really gets his defenses in positions to win, force turnovers, give their offenses short field. So for that reason, I'm picking Denver. Yeah, Christian, I'm with you on this one. I like the Broncos this week. Like you said, their defense, it they do fly around. Justin Simmons and, and the defensive backfield is fantastic. Uh, they also just got my boy Jerry Judy back. Yeah. So- be running around on offense, making plays, that get some uh, pressure off Portland Sutton. Uh, I don't think Noah Fant's coming back, but Albert, I was calling him Albert O. Albert O, Albert o will be running around too. So I like their uh, their offense. And I also read that Javante Williams has the most – he's forced the most missed tackles per carry of any back, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Go Pack Go. Um, is that all you're gonna say? Yep. Um, all right, boys, girls, ladies, and lassies, dreamers of all ages. These are Russell Wilson's birds once again. I cannot pick the Packers this week because one, you don't really know if Rodgers is gonna be the quarterback. I'm telling you, yes, though I think you're gonna get a different Jordan Love if he has to play at home. I think it's going to be a much different story for him. I think he plays a lot better if he is needed. But, you know, they've already come out and said if Rodgers can play, he is playing, which you would be stupid not to play him. But I think it'll be interesting to see what Rodgers is like if he does play on Sunday against, you know, with no practice. And then, you know, Russell Wilson's coming off a bye. He's been working with his receivers. He's getting excited to play. I – that's just one guy I can't hate. Like I love Russell Wilson. If there's a quarterback in the NFL that I love more than my own, it's Russell Wilson. So there's a reason this week I changed my fantasy football team name to Russell Wilson's birds. Give me the Hawks. No, we're going with the Packers. Rogers. (laughs) If Rogers is back, it's not close. Not even a little bit close. He doesn't need practice. Talk about practice? practice. <laughs> you don't need 
you don't need practice. If Rogers is back, it's a blowout. If not, that love will look better. Uh, I'm I'm falling in love with AJ Dillon. Here's okay, Dean. I'm going to ask you a question. If you and I haven't really asked Josh this yet, but I'm going to ask you first. If you're a Packers fan, are you okay to move on from Aaron Jones and just roll with AJ Dillon? Uh, yes, but yeah, and I I I think you'd be understand why there. I think a slot receiver. Let him be Randall Cobb or something. Yeah, and I think. I think AJ Dillon provides more for you in short yardage situations. I think that he he's just a better fit in that offense. He provides more. I think I think Jones is a great running back, but I think he's going to get paid somewhere else where he's going to be used more. When AJ Dillon came out of Boston College, I was like, man, I hope this guy goes somewhere where he can be the the bell cow back. And then he went to Green Bay, and I was like, yes, he gets to be on my team too. And then he had Aaron Jones too, and I was like, "Wow, we're gonna be uh, stacked up a bit here." Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna go with Green Bay. I wish they would start Blake Bortles if Rodgers didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> nah, maybe because all you need. You is- guys ever did you guys hear this? Hear the story of why why last year his team, the Broncos, didn't get to uh, get to have their game rescheduled when they had the COVID go through the quarterback locker room? No. But basically, the gist of it that I got was that. They all had to wear these shirts or like something that had their um, uh, location on it to tell if they were close contact with somebody else. And they took theirs off and put them across the room from each other. So they lied about their location. They lied about their their close contact location. Chiefs and Raiders. Um, again, I think a little slap in the face to the Raiders here. Uh, home dogs. Uh, but give me the Raiders. Um, I'm gonna have to do it for the second week in a row. Um, I'm I'm rolling with the oh, it's culturally insensitive. I know. Uh, Kansas City, I'm going with the Chiefs. I think, uh, this is gonna be a breakout week for them offensively. I think it's just a matter of time, and so I'm going with Kansas City. Give me the Raiders. Oh, a baby D. Darren Waller's getting healthy. He's starting to get all these targets again. And your Russell Wilson is my Derek Carr. I love Oh, yeah. Him. I, I do. Even though he had the Lego man here this week on the. Yeah, he did. But I, I love I, Derek Carr. I do, too. And especially how he handled the whole situation with Ruggs and Gruden. Like, I think he's just. He's what, a leader. He's a good guy to have in your locker room, but he's an even better person overall. And I don't think he's putting on a front like he's – this isn't the kind of person he is. I think he's just a good dude. Right, so, 100% agree. Yeah, so I'm, I am I do like Derek Carr. Nothing bad to say about him. Rams. That's it. I, it's all there. I mean, yeah. what, what else do you want to say about this game? I mean, the 49ers struggle to score – and uh, the Rams are not a good team to play if you struggle to score. So, Unless you're the Titans. Um, um, but I am, this is a bounce-back game for L.A. I think they get back. I think they get right. I think Stafford has a big game. I think this is a game you want to take the over on Stafford's yards. I think he's going to be slinging it all over the yard. So for that reason, I'm taking the Rams. Will Vaughn Miller be playing in this game? I I would wonder if he gets if he gets a good week of practice and I would assume he he is he's just got 
he was limited all week last week. So I would think that this might be his first week with the Rams, like full go. I'll take the Rams parlayed with Aaron Donald sack and Von Miller sack. I like mm. it. I like it. Um, moving to, and Dean, we're, we're going to spring this one on you. Uh, ship it to London. So you got to pick one game that should not be played on American soil. Uh, I already said my pick out loud. Uh, it's Jacksonville and Indy. No U.S. citizen should have to sit through that football game. Ship it to London. Yeah, I'm gonna have to stick. I'm gonna have to roll with you on. I, I there's really not another game where there's two bad teams. Like there's a really good team and a really bad team, or there's two re- decent teams. So for that reason, I'm rolling with Jacksonville, Indianapolis. We're just gonna have to ship it to London. There's two. I am going to go ahead and ship the Broncos Eagles to London. That is some ugly quarterback play. Teddy Bridgewater and Jalen Hurts. Hey, it hurts so good, baby. (laughs) Hurts so good. The other one that I was borderline was the Lions Steelers, but you can't ship Najee Harris to London. I need that guy here. (laughs) And plus on the off chance – that the Lions pull it out. Like, I mean, you you need that. And let's be real. The Steelers aren't going to be able to pay for Tony Carrenti to go to, to London. You throw a flag at me one more time. Man. I'm about to just punch you in the face. Uh, our locks of the week. I, he, yeah, he keeps throwing this flag at me, and I don't understand why. Get the red one. Oh, I left the red one at home. I'm sorry. So, our locks of the week going against the spread. Doom, doom, Go, Pat, go. Covering easily against the Seahawks. Um, My lock of the week is the Titans minus three. Uh, I really like, again, with the poor quarterback play in New New Orleans and the really, you know, they're not really sure. Titans finally going back home. Defense is really playing well. I think they continue that. I think they cover, and I think they win by 14-plus against the Saints. I am going to go with the unkindness of Ravens. Minus seven and a half against the Dolphins. Tua coming off an injury off week or Jacoby Brissett. I'm thinking at least one defensive touchdown as well as Lamar Jackson being a little quicker, maybe able to avoid the pass rush of the Dolphins. Yeah, give me the Ravens. All right, so there – Eat ease. We're, I mean, we're, we're, we're putting a bow on it this week. Uh, again, a little bit longer episode, but I mean, like we said, we're, we're at the halfway point. Had a whole lot to discuss this week. Uh, Dino, my man, as always, it is a privilege and an honor uh, to be in the presence of the Boongrove Goat. Uh, th- there is absolutely no one better. Uh, thanks to London for letting you do this and, you know, just – absolutely hogging up any quality time that you guys might have together tonight. Well, yeah, there was no survivor tonight, so we knew you were free. So we knew that you was free because there was no survivor tonight. Basketball season started, baby. That's That's right. right. That's right. So, well, for all of us here at LR Weekly, have a great weekend and enjoy the football.